Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. I'm Beth Shank, and this is our third climate justice podcast. Dr. Robin Evans-Agnew interviews Dr. and Sister Jacqueline Miyaka of Kenya. Sister Jacqueline discusses her own education as well as how she influences health students in Kenya, building more awareness of climate and health. Our host is Dr. Robin Evans-Agnew, a public health nurse and faculty member at the University of Washington, Tacoma. Enjoy. And uh, welcome, everybody, to another edition of Nurse Actions for the Climate Justice Podcasts. Uh, my name is Robin Evans-Agnew, and I'm one of the interviewers for this series. And in this series, we're showcasing actions nurses are taking around the globe to address and advance climate justice for people and our planet. Joining us today, very excited to have... Uh, Sister Jacqueline Mayaka from Kisi, uh, Kenya. Um, uh, she has uh, she has been a student of uh, 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 Ruth in in Villanova for uh, some time, and now she is uh, here interviewing and talking to me about climate justice. So, welcome, uh, uh, Jacqueline. I'm so glad you could join us today. Uh, thank you, Robin. Uh, thank you for this invitation. It's very wonderful uh, to be part of this program that we are really looking forward to really talk about climate justice. We all know what the climate is doing to our people, especially in those settings like Africa and especially Kenya. So a little bit about myself, uh, as Robinson has already introduced me, I'm Sister Jacqueline uh, Mayaka. I'm a Franciscan sister of St. Joseph. I've been a sister for about 20 years now. I'm a nurse practitioner. Uh, that's what I mean. I'm a registered nurse uh, in the clinical practice. I did my diploma from Kenya. Then I traveled to the US in 2013 for my uh, BSN for my master's. And I completed my PhD in 2020. And because of the love I have for my country, I decided to come back to share the knowledge I have gained back in the US uh, in Kenya. And so currently I work as a director of nursing services in one of our hospitals uh, where I mainly uh, try to uh, work with nurses support staff and on other clinical people in practice, trying to share with them the knowledge on how important it is to provide a quality of care, especially to uh, many people who are suffering. So uh, that's mainly part of me. Maybe I'm the first born in a family of eight. And uh, um, so that is it. So the second wow. question is, um, can I just jump in for a second? Because I, I just think that's fascinating. You you came to the United States. You trained with Ruth McDermott. Um, you got your PhD. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in your studies, and then you decided to return. So you've had 20 years of experience yes. as a nurse. Yes, so you have been, nurse. Uh, like many of us in our middle career, uh, seeing these mm -hmm. uh, quite uh, dramatic changes in the environment 
Uh, yes. So how, how yes. Has that Very been, dramatic. What has that? How has that been affecting the people and the planet in the area in the hospital that you're working in and a director in 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 Kisi, uh, Kenya now? What 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 have you seen? What yes. have you been witnessing? Yes, what I am seeing is, um, uh, if I can describe the place where I grew up in Kisi, it's it's a, a um, warm, wet place. There are periods when it used to rain a lot. Uh, people were, were able to predict the climate. They knew uh, this is the time is it's dry, so we are able to till the land. And then we go to a rain season, then we plant. Then after that, people expect to harvest. Then we have short rains again. Then we had this uh, planting and harvesting of plants that took, uh, take a short time. Then towards December, we had again a dry period when people prepare their land. Things have completely changed. Uh, that people don't even know when to plant and when to, what to expect next. And what has changed, especially where I grew up, is when it is dry, it's really, really dry. Which means uh, when it used to be dry when I grew up, it is the, the, the hot season that was manageable. People still had, had vegetables in their gardens. The rivers were still, the small springs were still running, so people were getting clean water even though they had to go and fetch water from these rivers. But people had to go and get uh, water, and it was available at this time. Uh, and then uh, in terms of, especially when we were going to school, it was manageable. Our parents were able to pay school fees because then they were able to at least be able to sell the little they had to be able to take us back to school. Things have completely changed now. What has changed is um, lifestyle has changed. Uh, we have now, because the climate has changed, people are moving to uh, urban areas to look for jobs. The cities are so congested. Uh, there's a lot of um, dumping in the cities. Back in the rural places, it's very dry. People are not able to plant. When it rains, it floods. So even when the little that people uh, plant, then it's all swept away. I come from a very hilly place um, that used to be very green, a lot of trees. But because of this climate change, the trees have been cut. There's a lot of, the population has also increased. Uh, there's deforestation, so, uh, so in erosion. So things have really changed. And this has affected people in terms economically, socially, health-wise. And I can tell that um, when I left for the US, we used to see very few people with uh, communicable diseases like diabetes, uh, cardiovascular diseases, renal diseases. The seven years I was in the US was a huge difference. When I came back, and I was posted to the facility, the hospital where I am. Now we have communicable health clinics every Wednesday where we see people who have diabetes, people who have hypertension, cancer patients. We have renal dialysis in our facility that was never heard of. So uh, 
the health-wise things have changed. Um, the healthcare has changed. The medical practice has changed. And sometimes I feel it has caught us unaware because uh, if I remember in the 13 years I practiced before I went to the US, we dealt more in primary healthcare where we managed diseases like we knew uh, malaria, diarrhea diseases, and we knew exactly what we are supposed to do because it was easy to manage them. Now we have reached a place where uh, we have people who come with comorbidities. They either have hypertension, they have cancer, they have diabetes. And then we have the elderly who are suffering. Um, that I remember when I took care of my grandmother, I don't see the things I see today, but we are seeing the elderly people. So this, I connect all of them to climate change because it has affected the lifestyle of our people. The cultural foods that were more nutritious, available, that people were eating, they're no longer available. So what people are depending on, they are these products sometimes that we use a lot of fertilizers um, in, in a way so that people can be able to get something to eat. And in using a lot of those artificial fertilizers, now we are seeing the impact of not having our cultural food that was more nutritious, more readily available, and maybe uh, that helped us to prevent these uh, diseases um, earlier. Like, for example, I can say uh, we have more of carbohydrates now available in terms of easily digested carbohydrates than before, because this, the kind of grains that we used to have because of climate change, they don't grow anymore. Wow. So the government has provided uh, those that can grow because of things that have changed. And people are now eating easily digestible food and that had high in carbohydrates and now we are seeing the impact of all these things uh, in our hospitals. And uh, recently we have been discussing about um, health education among even our medical officers, our physicians, and now we really need to manage uh, these uh, communicable diseases, things that we used to hear of that are here with us now. Right, and you, you, you talk about um, communicable diseases but it's but where you really in 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 from from my understanding, communicable diseases were the uh, were the tuberculosis and and the and the infectious diseases. But these also seem to be chronic diseases like diabetes, mm -hmm. renal failure, uh, these other explosion mm -hmm. of chronic diseases. And you say it caught everybody mm -hmm. unawares. And I, I remember working with a student. Um, uh, Piriti Wakaba, who uh, did a study on hypertension in um, in, mm -hmm. in the, I think the Kisulu neighborhood in 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 Kenya, maybe about uh, seven or eight years ago. Mm -hmm. But it was when we tried to publish, we very few people were talking about hypertension in Kenya. Everybody was talking about HIV. Mm -hmm. They were talking about hypertension. And, and so that's, that's tremendous that, you, you know, you, you came back, you started to work, you saw this massive change. What, what are you doing mm -hmm. now to care for people in the planet? What, what are you, how have you changed your practice 
and changed your orientation and your leadership for this work that lies ahead of us in nursing? Mm -hmm. So uh, first, I want to correct myself. What I meant is non-communicable diseases. Okay. Non-communicable diseases. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Non-communicable. So I'm sorry for that. So. Um, Actually, what we are doing is improving on our health education, um, especially in terms of teaching our patients. But what we are doing currently is trying to uh, train our staff. That is the clinical staff. We have the nursing staff. We have the medical staff. We are trying to train them um, in terms of passing knowledge uh, health education to our patients. And then um, we are also training them on using evidence-based treatment so that um, when these people we treat them, we are able to improve their quality of life. It's not just giving them medications. And then uh, the other thing that we are doing is ensuring that we are using the best medicine in the market to be able to manage these conditions. But we are also uh, organizing ourselves to go out there in the community, do mobilization, try to encourage people to come for screening early enough. Uh, because if you if you if you've read or you've had in Africa, rarely do people go to for medical checkups and as until that time when something has happened. Uh, if, even when something has happened, they still go to small clinics, um, village doctors seeking for herbal medications before even they go to the facility for proper medication. Mm -hmm. So what we are doing is, is trying to mobilize our people, just doing what we did in HIV. When HIV came, and we felt that people were coming to the facility very late uh, when they already had opportunistic infections. We went to the community to look for them so that we could be able to test and they come to the facility area before uh, they had opportunistic infections and maybe before their CD4s were down. So we are trying to use the same model of home-based community uh, mobilization, go back to the community with maybe glucometers, uh, blood pressure uh, machines uh, during medical camps, uh, encourage people to come for uh, medical checkups, well-being clinics, so that they can be checked and especially for simple things like blood sugars and hypertension. Because most of these people sometimes who come and they are diagnosed with blood sugar, they don't come knowing their diabetes. Maybe they had uh, a respiratory issue, uh, maybe pneumonia. They come to the hospital when they are tested, then they are found to be diabetic. But sometimes they just come, maybe uh, somebody had an accident or something um, has happened, a simple malaria or diarrheal disease. When they come, they're diagnosed with hypertension. It's, it's like we are diagnosing these people in a very accidental way when we want to be proactive, go to the community, train and teach our people to come early to the facility for treatment uh, or for well-being clinics, especially those above 50 years, to tell them the importance of going for medical checkups. Mm -hmm. uh, if we said things like cancer, our people still uh, 
really do not accept uh, especially screening for cancer until when somebody is very sick, that's when they come to the hospital. And by the time they are uh, screened, you find maybe they are in third stage uh, cancer, or the cancer has gone to fourth stage and nothing much can be done. So you're trying to tell them that, you know, yes, this is the situation we are now. And this is what we like to do. We need to be proactive. We need to teach our people advocates so that, as especially as nurses, advocates for our people to come for the well-being clinics and uh, tell them the importance of uh, coming to clinic early so that when these conditions are got, then they can be able to be treated and then that can improve uh, their quality of life and even extend their life expectancy. So this is this fascinating because you you've got me thinking about mm -hmm. the the, the the necessary place of nurses in the conversation about mm -hmm. uh, the justice results the the unjust results mm -hmm. of climate change. Here's a population mm -hmm. in in Kenya, right, um, that you serve mm -hmm. uh, that have been uh, bearing the brunt of. Uh, massive change inside mm -hmm. their local environments, affecting mm -hmm. uh, their what you talk about their economies and their social mm -hmm. health, um, uh, increasing urbanization, which we always thought was sort of a problem of geography um, and movement of people, mm -hmm. but it is also being driven mm -hmm. by climate change. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. how do what what do you think? are the biggest challenges nurses have for, uh, you talked about mobilizing communities. Do you have conversations with communities about uh, the, the, uh, these, pr these problems in the context of, you have diabetes, you have diabetes because of climate change. Have you been having those mm -hmm. kinds of conversations with leaders in the community or trying to address uh, climate uh, as, as a nursing action. How, how do you have that conversation with a local leader who is worried about um, his population who now have diabetes and hypertension? Do you ever talk to them about mm -hmm. climate change? How does, it, how does it come up when you, when you are practicing uh, and leading in the community? So, um, like for instance, one instance I have had to talk about climate change is like when we have uh, stakeholders meetings uh, in the community and especially in the healthcare settings, where sometimes you find uh, the county government, you know, the Kenyan government is divided into, we have the national government, then we have the county government. So uh, in these uh, county government uh, forums, that is where we try to tell our leaders that in their political uh, forums, they need really to talk about climate change. They, they need to encourage people to plant trees. Um, they need to encourage people to go back to a tradition of food, uh, use better methods of farming, avoid as much uh, artificial fertilizers as much as they can. And at the same time, we are telling people that, uh, yes, uh, sometimes adapting um, Western catch and terms of food is a good thing, but we need to go back to our more nutritious food that was more available. 
that was also more uh, climate res uh, weather resistance uh, that, uh, that used to be able to provide enough for the families to eat. Then we are also trying to uh, encourage our political leaders to tell the youth, especially those who are looking for employment in, in, in the cities, that um, everything is not found, it's not bread and butter in the cities. Maybe if um, we had like polytechnics, uh, technical schools back in the villages, uh, and other vocational schools that can really train our young people on better ways of uh, food production and uh, sustainability in their lives so that they can be able to, we can be able to stop this uh, city, uh, urban, rural urban migration. And another thing we are doing is also uh, during these forums, we also take an opportunity as advocates to really talk to our governments. I work in a faith-based facility, so we need support as faith-based facilities so that we can be able to provide uh, especially medicines for our patients. Those who cannot afford, some are very poor, um, and because of the situation they are found in themselves, they may not be able to afford food. So we are also trying to advocate that the government can support mission facilities in terms of providing um, uh, medical supplies, even seconding staff to mission facilities so that we can be able to be uh, supported in providing quality of care to our patients. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's it's, it's so when you do that kind of advocacy, do you meet mm -hmm. uh, resistance? Do you meet uh, are people saying, well, why are nurses uh, talking about uh, building uh, technical colleges in villages? Why are nurses uh, uh, <laughs> telling us what we should and shouldn't eat? Um, do you get resistance from, from uh, government and policymakers or are they receptive to this idea that nurses can be involved? in conversations about climate change and climate justice? No, I don't think uh, that we have added resistance. Uh, the reason being that uh, nurses are the majority of healthcare providers in Kenya, mm -hmm. uh, especially in the rural settings. It's nurses who are running those primary care centers. They're the leaders, they're the managers, and they're their doctors in the villages. So uh, many people depend on the messages the nurses pass to them. And, uh, and we, 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 we are accorded a lot of respect in terms of uh, maternal child healthcare, because uh, these people depend on the nurses who provide care to their mothers and to the children. And you know, public, you can never talk of public health if you don't talk about a mother and a child. And the health of a country depends on the health of the mother and the children. And the people at the forefront in providing and promoting care for these people are nurses. So in those areas where nurses, like in country Kenya, in our country Kenya, where nurses are the majority of healthcare providers, they are the leaders, they are the advocates. So, uh, when they are given opportunity to speak, 
um, people listen to them. Uh, once in a while, of course, you can't miss opposition, but when we are given those opportunities, we are able to speak and say, yes, we are nurses, but this is, I think, this is the right direction for our healthcare in this country. I think that's just so wonderfully captured. I, I, I think about mm -hmm. uh, all of the countries that are in conflict um, mm -hmm. and uh, the, some of these conflicts are prompted by um, lots migration because of climate change and um, uh, mm -hmm. other, other political, uh, political difficulties. Um, but no mm -hmm. country can survive if it doesn't have uh, healthy mothers and healthy babies. And so yes. you captured a very important, <laughs> powerful uh, platform for nurses to, uh, to argue for a place at the table to change political systems for, for, for mm -hmm. improving uh, the climate and improving uh, the places where people live. You've talked about a lot of things in this interview. You've talked about uh, social health, economic health, uh, mobilizing communities, improving quality of life, um, advocacy for the best medicines, and and this um, mm -hmm. and this and this new driven work towards non-communicable diseases, and this political advocacy. Mm -hmm. As as a leader now, looking at the new mm -hmm. uh, nurses coming in uh, uh, in training. As, as, as they are coming through the new mm -hmm. nurses, the ones who are just beginning this path of nursing and they're seeing a world that is changing. What, uh, what mm -hmm. uh, actions do you think they should be thinking about doing in their lifelong practice as a nurse that is ahead of them? What, what, what wisdom can you give to them? What, would you, what do you want them to do? What actions do you want nurses to do more of uh, given your experience already? Mm -hmm. So, uh, with my little experience, what I'm telling the young nurses have to be self-driven. Self uh, they really, yes. Uh, and they have, to, uh, they have to read. I encourage them that you have to read. Uh, there is uh, the notion that in Africa, uh, not many of us were brought up to be able to read all the time. So see when we went to school, that was the end of um, school. But I'm telling them that healthcare is evolving. What you knew today is very different tomorrow. And the only way you can know this is by keeping abreast with the changes. And the only way you can keep abreast with the changes is to read, go to the internet. We are lucky that uh, we, we have mobile phones that people can be able to access the internet, be able to download papers and read. So um, I'm, I'm trying to encourage them to read and at the same time to be able to further their studies. Uh, most of our nurses are diploma trained. A very few have gone for bachelor's degree. More few have gone for, P for master's and more fewer have gone yeah. for yeah. PhD very few PhD trained nurses. So I'm encouraging that we need nurse scientists. We need nurses for tomorrow. We need, we need nurses to be able to drive change. And in many, uh, in many, I encourage them, I tell them, you know, 
the Florence Nightingale was a lady and she was able to be able to provide the nurse, the modern nursing uh, that we are practicing today and she was a beginner. So here in Africa, as nurses, we really have a lot to do. And I encourage them that I know we are working in with very uh, uh, low resources. They are not enough. Uh, sometimes we lack even basic resources to provide care, but that should not uh, discourage us. And especially we who are faith-based uh, nuns, we are called to be compassionate, to, 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 to provide dignity, especially to our patients, to be able to give them back life. Uh, we know that in our midst, God is working miracles. And because of the knowledge he has given us, we need to use it so that our people can be able to be uh, feel better and go back to their homes, especially those in acute care centers. So we tell them, especially during induction period when we have employed them, we encourage them to, to be ready to learn and to be ready to, to change, especially to be able to translate the knowledge they have learned in class and to translate to practice. I have not had an opportunity since I came to go to a nursing school. I look forward to have that opportunity in future because I was more interested in clinical practice. And, uh, but in future, uh, I, I hope to go back to uh, in education, be able to teach these young nurses and look at the school curriculums and see uh, whether they still use the medical models that really don't, um, don't don't promote nursing much, but we need to look at our own nursing theories, nursing models that can help us here in Africa than adapting the medical models that are not working much now. So we need, as nurse, we need many nurse scientists to help us in such areas. I think that's fantastic. I think, I think we are uh, really, you've helped me understand uh, the core place that nurses have in this conversation around climate change and caring for mm -hmm. them, um, and this necessary need mm -hmm. to both mix the clinical practice with the education in raising the next future uh, nurses. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Jacqueline, for uh, this amazing conversation. Um, but this concludes our podcast on, uh, on climate justice. Thank you. Thank you to both Dr. Evans Agnew and Dr. Miyaka, Sister Jacqueline, for sharing their conversation today. It is great to get insight into nursing in Kenya and ideas for mobilizing the profession. Please join us again for the Climate Justice series of the podcast. Check us out at envirn.org and please subscribe, comment, and share the podcast so more people can hear about the fabulous actions around the world that nurses are taking relevant to climate justice. Talk to you next time.